episode 59 of the Two Brothers Talking Sports podcast. Travis, how are you? I'm great, man. Another New England heat wave. I'm uh, ready for fall. Ready for yeah, fall. Yeah, you guys had a little sk- – did you guys get much of the hurricane that way? We did on Sunday. So put it this way. We had a Berkshire's – I don't know if you talked to your mom yep. at all, but we had a Berkshire's yeah, yeah. kind of party. Uh, I think I showered around 2.30 to get ready for this thing, and I don't think I stopped sweating until 7.30. So that's, there we that's, go. That's how it was, and then yeah. Well, it's very much the same this way. So it's probably like San Diego's hottest uh, time we've had all summer. Tomorrow, I think, has a chance of being the hottest day. So just taking in that heat wave, man. Um, hey, man, we got some football to talk about. It's football season. Um, yes. It's crazy to think that is upon us. I know college football starts what next week. I know we don't really watch college um don't follow it all that much i am super actually we don't have to go into it but i'm very interested to see this year now that there's the image and likeness um what that brings we're seeing alliances being formed with committees because it's the only way to compete with sec right now um i'm interested to see if there is some form of a shit show that turns out <laughs> yeah college i mean the whole college college sports in general are changing just so much mm-hmm. uh, i don't know I don't know. I think you see basketball sort of is has always been the one that's kind of had its biggest footprint in that change uh, to a degree. One, because those guys, for the most part, can go right out of high school. We've seen it or right out of college and be successful in the professional level. Something like football, there does need to be some physical development that has to take place. Um, And then obviously baseball and hockey and other major sports are just sort of oddball out a lot of that has to do with physical development um but yeah you could see it you knew it was going to start to come at some point um but now that like basketball the nba has created a feeder program that has scored some big recruits as far as the g league goes um you know giving them option to go back to school full you know full tuition paid so um yeah i'm just very interested to see what this does to at the end of the day, I think it's going to be the same product. We're still going to see the best teams that we saw last year be pretty much the best teams this year. Um, but I do want to see if there's some young guns, some of these 18, 19-year-olds who are distracted. Uh, what was his name? The Boz? The Boss? Or oh, yeah. uh, that 30 for 30? Brian Bosworth. Mm. Interested to see. Um, so that's coming up. I always I always know that starts right before. Did you catch the latest – show of hard knocks i have not watched a single episode of hard knocks oh my gosh travis what what uh, i'm done <sighs> okay well um i guess catch up episode over <laughs> call it damn it all right guys let's uh pack it up here this is all we had um but no we've had a lot especially in the patriots going i mean we're going to talk about everything going around football right now we've had announcements even today uh, Trevor Lawrence being named uh, a starter and some other um, Teddy Bridgewater, big news. Teddy Bridgewater. That was actually an interesting one. Not that I follow Denver all that much um, because it seems like all in all, they've had a pretty um, competitive off season. If I had to th- guess, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. So I was actually going to say, cause obviously they announced it today. It was saying, I didn't realize this because who the hell would realize this, that Broncos receivers had the 
least amount of catchable balls thrown to them last year. I mean, like it was like out of the hundred percent of passes thrown by Denver given last year, like sixty-seven percent of them were even qualified as a catchable ball, which is kind was of was that crazy. all from Drew? No, dude. Remember they had a running back start last year because oh, that was last year. Yeah. That's right. It feels like it Drew was a couple years ago. Like week two, and then they had a backup That's in, and then they had, a, right. had no quarterbacks at one point, and a running back starting. Like, and remind me who they have. They have some weapons though. They just have no one to throw it. Corlin Sutton towards ACL week one. That sucked. Yeah, um, but I mean, Deshaun Hamilton was good last year. They had Jerry mm-hmm. Judy, who I think yeah. is have a big year. Uh, Noah Fant is a quality young tight end. Like they do have right. a lot of weapons. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, their quarterback situation last year was a shit show. No, and they seems like they've been for for so many years. Uh, they tried to sort of hang on from a defensive standpoint as best they could to see if they could get one and you know throw a dart with your eyes closed and hope you get a quarterback that can manage a game, let alone you know go out there and control one. Um, so they've gone through some identity uh, changes and shifts for sure. Um, but there's a bunch of teams that I could even point out that are sort of like this no man's land it's like i look at the raiders i'm like everything on paper i mean it sounds like they, they owe some money uh you see that they're getting investigated for taxes and things no, i did not see that no. oh, okay well obviously that doesn't have to do with the players uh per se but they i feel like they're a team that you look at they're like these guys should win i get the division that they're in but i'm like these guys should be a good team and every year they start off like winning four in a row and then they lose the rest of the rest of the year. So um, all, did you hear the rumors that they, this would absolutely be a bears leak, but like they had, I guess they contacted the bears about yeah, the potential Khalil Mack back. Well, the, the reason <laughs> I get the reasoning that with all the cap issues that the bears had mm. back when that happened, they could release Kyle Fuller at the time. Um, sure. You got to shoot your shot, man. I don't care if it looks embarrassing. You got to check. Um, and the, the did they all the picks that they got back for Khalil they put into use, right? Yeah, I think one of them was, was Khalil and Farrell there from Clemson, yep. who's been pretty much a bust. Um, yeah, they've used them, I believe. Mm. Yeah, well, okay. Um, let's uh, I mean, let's start with the Patriots because there has been quite a bit, not just our biases of being New England fans, but I think they're a team that a lot of people are looking at. Um, and the situation got even more interesting this in the past few days. Um, Cam Newton cannot catch a break, apparently. Um, so we loophole. say that you say that, but whose fault is it? It's a bigger question. I get it. I get it. I get it. Um, but based on the decisions he made, um, and apparently, do you think this was first and foremost? So if, if people aren't aware with the situation, so Cam Newton, from what I've, I gained from it, was. He had permission to leave, like, the facility and area that they the players are supposed to be in. And something to do with the testing protocol outside of that, even though he was testing negative at all right. times, because but basically how the rule is written basically answers for you that Cam Newton is unvaccinated. And because of that, you know, long story short, he has to sit out a certain amount of time, which ends up being five days of training camp. Um, and I don't know if you guys have heard, but that's been a quarterback um, 
spotlight camp wise between him and Mac Jones that uh, we'll get into as far as what we saw in the last preseason game going forward. Um, but there was a lot of talk saying, Hey, Mac might actually have an opportunity here to compete with cam cam for the most part has played stellar, but now he's sitting out. Mac Jones getting a ton of reps this week. Uh, I think, it, I think he gets uh, cams able to get back tomorrow and their last preseason game is what Sunday. Correct. Yeah. Um, but you have to think this is going to change up the game plan going into this weekend, right? Even though he's back on Thursday. So here's the thing, game. We've talked about this ad nauseum. Everyone in who follows the Patriots has they either a split opinion where Mac Jones should be the starter from day one, or Cam Newton's going to be the starter from day one just because he has the veteran bias. But it won't be for long. Ultimately, Mac Jones is going to overtake him. I'm in the camp. I think you are probably as well. That there's no apps. There's really no point to start Cam Newton in terms, you know what you're getting. Yes, maybe he is more decisive in his passing because he knows the playbook a little bit better, but you're not going to see what you've been seeing from what Mac Jones has put out on the field in preseason in terms of his capability of running the offense. And it's a better product. Like, it's a watching Mac Jones, I don't you obviously have not watched these preseason games, but, like, watching Mac Jones run the offense, it, it's like watching Brady in the sense that he can do a lot what Brady can. He's just not Brady, obviously. And sure. to be clear, he can just – run the offense like Brady could and confidently know, put it this way. I was re- I was listening to radio today and or actually it's Paul Perillo because I was bored at work. They have the, yeah. uh, like the live stream of the joint practices, you know, it's obviously at Fox pro. So they're reporting on it live, you know, reacting to some of the plays. And Phil Perry basically said, I think at one point, Mac Jones changed the play three separate times based on what the defense was doing in response to that. And then got a wide open Jacoby Myers for a touchdown. So like so seeing that. doing that. No. Yeah, not at all. Ready! Uh, Set! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stairs are at the guy and then gets sacked by that same guy. Um, I will be curious to see what happens tomorrow if Cam Newton – it's still vague whether or not he can practice tomorrow. I think that's the yeah. plan, I believe. But yeah. I'll be curious to see, one, if it will be as competitive as today was because, you know, it's the kind of last practice before the game. Um, sure. Then, two, what will the rep split out be if Newton's back? Um, yeah. After today, I, I personally, <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, the news coming out of how well he didn't, obviously it's a joint practice, but I, I, I don't know if you followed any of it, and you probably have, but I'm looking at Tom Tom Curran. Do you know who Tommy Curran is? Works NBC Sports sure. Yeah. <laughs> he said, and I quote, no on-field reason for Cam Newton to ever take a meaningful regular season snap for the Patriots while Mac Jones is upright and able. Well, so, so this is kind of cool because I'm able to see it from a different perspective. One, because I'm blacked out from watching these preseason games because you guys get access locally. Right. You're hearing all the local chatter, right? I'm removed from that to a degree. Uh, obviously, my phone is set to the Patriots news and stuff, but I see it from a different angle, which is I think is good when we're talking about it like this. So I see those. I think the Athletic and Bleacher Report give me the two updates saying Mac Jones – on fire today at practice i love to see it at the same time i'm like okay this is just this uh, part of me feels deep down like okay these are people who are super mac biased have their opportunity to be like he looked incredible he's the best ever um so i see that but at the same time it's like the numbers don't aren't lying the amount of reps he's getting aren't lying um 
so if the numbers and all that looks, I can only imagine what it's like from a coach's standpoint where it's like, okay, we're giving this guy all of the first looks, which we haven't been giving him. And he's taking advantage of the opportunity. So for Bill Belichick to swing this probably into a positive light, it's, and he said it, he's like, Hey, he's got a window now. Like, let's see what he can well, do with it. To be clear what Bill Belichick said, when asked, is this a huge opportunity for Mac Jones? He said, and I quote, yes, it is. Two words. It is. No elaboration. All you got. I know. The bottom ticker said, says this is a huge window for young Mac Jones. That was a question asked to him. Let's be a little bit chatter between us. You you said he he looks like Tom Brady, but he can't compare him to Tom Brady. But can we compare him to Tom Brady? Like first year, uh, the first year Brady, like Bledsoe gets the soul hit out of him on the sideline. Here comes Tommy manager into the game, figures his way out through a season. Like, can we, I mean, he's a, Tom Brady became someone that nobody could ever replicate at this point. One, because of the wins that he's had, the big wins in the right time. And maybe one of the hard, you could argue it's the hardest postseason to do what he's done because of the situation that you lose, you're done. You don't get seven games. You don't get five games. Um, But like, from all accounts, even watching the stat cast, I'm not saying it was fun. And I was texting with you asking you all about it, but it's like, hey, if he, I get he's playing maybe some backups, things like that, but if he can orchestrate some big throws on tough third downs, um, if he can change the change of the line, identify defenses, um, and roll down and get three touchdowns from your running back, that's pretty damn good. Um, yeah. So here, let's let's see if I can go on a tangent here while also maintaining my point and not forgetting it. First, you said the stat cast. Mac Jones last week, granted, it was against backups. The play that Nikhil Harry got hurt, I don't know if you saw the highlight. Like, 50-yard yeah. bomb. Should have been a, like a walking touchdown. Nikhil Harry beat the defender clean. Mac Jones put it perfectly where Nikhil Harry, all he did had to do was really, some of those plays were like, the ball is coming to you, so you slow down. Whereas if he just kept running, all he did was outstretch his arms and just basket catch it instead mm-hmm. he slowed down a little bit and then tried to that, his, yeah. but left his entire feet and just kind of came down right on his shoulder mac jones put that ball right where it needed to be perfect throw perfect throw two where we talk about i you know i mentioned he's kind of like brady he's like brady in the sense that the ball is out quick he gets up yeah. there he i mean the patriots offense i think is probably one of the most complex in the actual like league. And I think that's been well documented pretty ad nauseum. Maybe San Francisco's might be a little more tricky just because of Kyle Shanahan, but what he can do, and you see in the preseason, he gets up, calls the play, checks the linebacker, maybe he needs the audibles or a different play, but his reads are quick. You know, one guy's not opening, he's going here, or he's hitting the check down guy right away. It's not Cam Newton stands back there and the ball is just in his hand. He's just slapping the ball. And, you know, and then he has to throw it as hard as he can because he's got this small window of someone to be open when he finally sees the guy. Mac Jones is different. You know, he's got a lot of anticipation throws. He knows where the guy's going to be. And then three, talking about, you know, Mac Jones, Cam Newton situation. What's the argument to have Mac Jones not start? He's a rookie. He's going to make rookie mistakes. And I think maybe to a certain degree, too, he still looks like a Pillsbury Doughboy. Can he hold up long-term for 17 games? Mm-hmm. You're never going to know unless you try. And to my first point, you think Cam Newton's not going to make the same mistakes that Mac Jones is going to make? Just everything everything Cam Newton cannot do, Mac Jones can do right now. So 
sure. There's no real reason to not start Mac Jones. I just, yeah. from a fan point, I just don't want sure. to see Cam Newton. We know what he is. And I will say in defense of Cam Newton, and this was like really the only scenario that as a fan I wanted to see is that if he's the starter in, in the way that Mac Jones has shown that he, he might be have, have some potential here. Again, it's a long season, and as you said, holding up 17 games and hopefully then more. Um, for, for Cam to be the starter means that he would have to be playing better than a Mac Jones that's been playing very, very, very well, which is a good sign because it means you're getting, hopefully, that spot that we thought Cam Newton might have brought last year um, at this time of the year when we talk about it. Uh, so I guess that was like the positive to the fact that, okay, Cam's kind of meeting this mat, you know, this challenge and he's showing us that, Hey, he might have some, some left in him. Um, but this week's going to be very interesting. And, and this, this is a good point. Cause this is going to set us up also to go around the league and other quarterback battles, other news around going on. Um, you hear the question a lot to ex players and analysts on TV, but like, how much do you think? How much do you think is placed, uh, uh, as far as importance wise, on these preseason games versus the reps that they're getting in practice uh, with the ones as well as the inter squad scrimmages? Because in my eyes, the games are important to get into game preparation mode, to know what it's like to show up to the stadium, the big lights on, the pregame rituals. Um, getting that organized, group management of the team as far as the coaching staff, uh, the play calling, getting all of those things down. But from a, a, a actual playing position where you can just have unlimited reps for the most part, I know you're limited to you want to have the throwing count, you know, the I want to say pitch count, but like uh, throwing count limited for your quarterback's sake. You don't want to just have him chuck his arm out, but it seems to me that you're getting a whole heck of a lot more reps in practice. You get some really good um, inter-squad scrimmages and you get even more reps with an actual opposing defense and looks. Uh, I, I guess I'm just asking this, like what, what's your thoughts on how that split is between the actual preseason games, the three of them um, versus the in-practice, where would you place your value into that? And the reason I'm asking this is because again, this week, where we're not seeing Cam Newton, seeing all of the ones go to uh, Mac Jones, which seems like it's the first time it's happened. And uh, we'll just see how it ends out. But like, where do you see that importance play out? Well, I mean, for a game, preseason, let's be honest, most of these guys, as you said, you, you mentioned kind of the Rams at one point before we are talking, like how much do they really value these games? And a lot of them don't. I mean, for Mac Jones and for the Patriots, even Cam Newton to a degree, it's, you know, it is, you know, showing up to the game, you're just mentally ready to have headspace, you know, opening kickoff, you know, whether you're starting that first drive. Um, you see it with both with Newton against the Eagles and more so with Mac Jones. I mean, twice now they basically had him come out of halftime and run hurry up offense. That's not happening in a regular season game. That's putting him in basically a modified two-minute drill at the start of a half to see how he does. Mac Jones, that I don't like. I explained this to you, I think, a little bit, but like that Eagles game where he came out and he led a, like a 95 yard drive for a touchdown. He didn't throw the touchdown, but he led the drive with like five for five for like 60 yards, had two holding penalties that 
brought them back 10 yards and still got them down there for a touchdown. Impressive shit. Really impressive. And stats are sexy. The touchdown to interception ratios are sexy. But I'll take handing it off for a one-yard touchdown run all day, every day, on three out of four drives. Yeah. But but to your point, and more more so to your question, practices, I mean, especially these joint practices, I think are a lot more – a lot more competitive let's be honest um it's kind of where iron sharpens iron if you will um and you know these preseason games you're really just hoping you get out of it clean and no one gets hurt you know that's really all you're hoping um you're not having a julian edelman situation where he tears the acl in week through the preseason he's gone for a year and a half um you're just trying to get through the game while also getting you know some of those simulated moments happening practice you see it where you know it's 11 on 11, seven on sevens. It's competitive. You know, it's not tackle necessarily, but these are situations that it's rep after rep after rep, and it's situations that they can practice and really hammer down on. Um, so I do think those are more valuable. Like, I, I'll be mm-hmm. curious to see what the breakdown is this weekend, and I think it'll tell yeah. you a lot in terms of that quarterback situation, who plays what on Sunday. Right. That'll be, that'll be fun to watch. Um, to kind of move off of that subject, because – Again, I, I think a lot of people are watching it. As Patriot fans, it's something that's very intriguing. Uh, but as of today, too, Sony, he's traded out to the West Coast my way, uh, to the Rams for some this, this two conditional picks. It, it was. Once I know Acres you and I, started, yeah, Acres, right? Yeah. I, yeah, you and I, I know, were uh, – yeah, Acres. I mean, did you see? I think now the leading rusher without Sony had a – career total of like 767 yards um, and everybody else had zero so yeah. I mean Sony's coming in it's it's in Sony's an interesting player so Sony Michelle um he'd have his moments and it's funny because a lot of the Patriot fans I, I would come to talk to uh seem to really like him and you and I have always kind of been like he's not producing he's not doing yeah. much he was hurt um quite a bit but compared to the other options that were and now uh i guess that i was just gonna ask like who with them making this decision can you tell us who now we can see who we're gonna see in the role um of the running back who the patriots feel confident taking I'll over tell you two things i mean the biggest knock on Sonny michelle has always been the lack of production for the fact that it was the first round pick mm-hmm. but he'd be in a third or fourth round pick I think this, the narrative would be a lot different, especially in light of like, I mean, he had a massive postseason when they won the Super Bowl. Sure. That's expected yeah. as a first round running back. Had that been a third round running back, like a Damian Harris, to be like, well, there you go. Um, right. That also comes back to the do you believe you should draft a running back in the first round or these guys are interchangeable? You can get them in the third or fourth round, the fifth round, what have you. Um, right. Patriot situation, let's, let's hash it up. Damian Harris, bell cow, first, second down. Maybe he's probably a goal line guy. James White. He'll probably play all three downs in some capacity, but obviously it's mostly your third down running back. Mm-hmm. For Mondre Stevenson, clearly I think yeah. at some point he's going to avoid that redshirt year. I mean, you see in the preseason, whether he may not get a lot of touches early, but I think they're going to slowly bring him on. I do think he will get some carries. Um, and he's he played well, huh? Yeah, he has played well. I mean, and Ivan Fears, the running back coach, he basically said he does have a lot of work to do. But, and I think J.J. Taylor, if anything, I don't know if you know anything mm-hmm. much about him, but like he, he made one guy – look like an absolute 
fool in the Eagles game with a spin move, like a stop cut and just like the guy was just like, Ugh. I saw that. That I was crazy that. highlight. Um, but he's he's you know, I think Ivan Pierce called him little Dion, which I don't know if that's an insult or not, but basically <laughs> comparing him to Dion Lewis. So I think oh. he this just affirms that I think they'll have four running backs, not to say anything about Brandon Bolden, who maybe makes the roster as a special teams guy, but I don't think he'll be much in terms of the offensive. Yeah, Patriots have definitely – I think they've even taken a step more than the running back by committee. They're just like running back by whatever know, yeah. matchup like, they have, you know. You know yeah, like I said, if you really break it down, I think Damian Harris will get, you know, 45% of the reps, James White, sure. you know, 25 30% of the reps, and then yeah. maybe even 35%. Then you got 20% to make, make the other. Right. All right, where do we want to go next? Because uh, we've seen a lot of good rooks. So, Zach Wilson tearing it up. Um, we got yeah, can't Trevor Lawrence. Everybody lost that's their entire team injury, they, so that's – They're the fourth one, I think, fourth starter or something like that. Oh, yeah, it was like a rare blood disorder. You see that today? <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, I kind of do like their head coach for the first time ever, I think. This is going to be really interesting to see now, now that they're losing, particularly most of their defensive players. Yeah. What's going to happen with him? He's a defensive coach, so. Well, if anything, that means Zach's going to be slinging it because if your defense is banged up and you're letting up a lot of points, it means your quarterback's going to have to be throwing. Let's hope he's not set up for – that doesn't put him in a position that he's asked to do too much too quick and his development hinders. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, which we'd never really thought otherwise, but uh, they named him starter officially. Um, so we saw that. Uh, ETN, the running back there. The, the combo sort of like Frank injury. That's a shitty injury. Yeah. Right. Um, that kind of developed pretty quick, huh? Yeah. And they just went down and then they weren't sure. And then, Hey, he's having surgery. He's done for the year. That's gotta be heartbreaker as a player. Um, where else can we go? Where else can we go? Uh, we got um, Carson Wentz, the opposite, just, he was supposed to be out 12 weeks maybe. And uh, he might be in line to start. Week one. So the Colts really have no options there outside of him. So they made the move. If he's ready to go or close to it, they're playing him. Um, we've got Andy Dalton. It, his, it is his time, Travis. I don't know if you heard, but it's his time for at least a couple weeks. Um, <laughs> apparently, it wasn't he, – he, he didn't feel that way last year when he had the opportunity down in Dallas. Or when he started um, like 10 years in Cincinnati. Or Cincinnati, yeah. It was his time to get to the playoffs, and then uh, that went off. But uh, do you want to talk about San Fran, maybe? That's a big, yeah. That's uh, a big one. Yeah. That's, I think that's next to on. the Patriots right now. It's probably the biggest, I wouldn't say quarterback competition or controversy, but what's going to happen situation in terms of the quarterbacks. Well, talk, let's talk about the team. You know, they're, they're a team that we don't – forget they were in the super bowl a couple years ago right yeah they had a shit ton of injuries um, last year a lot of injuries including quarterback um jimmy but talk to me like what what do you feel there is that is this a situation where it's like we know what we got in jimmy um or is it different in the sense that hey jimmy can get you to super bowl if he stays healthy and I don't, do we want to keep going there or do you say hey, we're going to stick with Trey Lance. Do you try to increase Jimmy's value for trade, knowing that you're going to bring Trey, uh, Trey in there? He's what never going to get traded. 
I know, he's, he's, money. He's worth, he's $25 million. You're not trading for that. Um, two things. Speaking, I would think that what happened is they drafted Trey Lance. They got the AOK to use all the resources, three first-round picks to get up there to get him three months ago, saying, Jimmy's our guy. We're getting the next guy. Then Trey Lance came in like, oh, shit. I mean, yeah, he's going to be a rookie. He's going to make rookie mistakes, but, like, pretty impressive. He's a lot more impressive than we thought he was. And now it's I, – I feel like they're going to get some pressure from that owner and be like, dude, we already sunk all these costs now. Let's, like, let's start the damn guy. And I'm not paying Jimmy Garoppolo $25 million to be a backup and hold the clipboard on the sideline. Sure. That would be the most glorified job in the world. You can pay me $25 million to stand on the sideline and hold the clipboard. Um, I will be surprised if Jimmy Garoppolo is their starting quarterback. I mean, it just feels that it's slowly mm-hmm. trending that direction. Um, maybe it's a situation – like in Andy Dalton, where yeah. for now, but like, if you're committing to him being on the roster past that guaranteed deadline, you, you kind of have to play him for yeah. a decent amount of time. I think there's also, I feel like Trey Lance is somebody, if, out of all the young quarterbacks, is a guy that would actually do really well getting as much of his hiccups out of the way as early on as he could. Their, their um, only issue is that they are a Super Bowl contender. So yeah, if they're making true. that commitment, they need to trust that he can get you there. So that's the only thing that they're – that, if this wasn't like a – maybe it's a, a – I don't know. A quality is it the, so for, for Jimmy Garoppolo, yeah. is it – is the only reason that we're even talking about this because of the injury proneness? Well, that and the amount of money he makes too. Yeah. That, you know, that goes hand in hand. Do you want to, like yeah. I said, if he was making $12 million like Andy Dolan, it's a different situation, I think, you know? Yeah. That's a shit ton of money to pay someone who is injury prone, could potentially be your backup if you decide to go with Lance. Like, there's a lot of variables there. Right. Um, I mean, Jimmy is, let's be honest, he's, he's a game manager. So, if that's what you want, um, they still have a lot of offensive. I mean, they have, they have a shit ton of offensive weapons. Like, their receivers are pretty deep. Kittle's nasty. I think, um, Trey Sermon from Oklahoma mm-hmm. is probably going to have a big year as a rookie running back. I wouldn't be surprised if he starts over Mostert, and Mostert's good in his own right. So they have, yeah. they have a good team. Um, I don't know, man. It'll be interesting to see what they do. I hope well, Lance starts because he's fun to watch. Yeah. Um, I'll be able to see more of those games probably. You would, yeah. You can. Um, you have the Los Angeles Chargers of San Diego to watch. Yeah, we do. Justin, Justin Herbert. <laughs> um. It's funny. You know, there's some teams I don't even think about during the preseason. One, one is the Rams, who I'm actually ex- kind of interested to see with Stafford. But I don't – it. they just don't play, you know, so it's like you don't, don't even notice that they're playing uh, preseason. Uh, I think Chargers – for a lot of people in the, the San Diego area, like there was a lot of ch- – they're still Chargers fans because they move, but at the same time, a lot of people are like, dude, screw you guys. I don't want to yeah. watch you. Sort of like Oakland and, and Vegas, I'm sure. Um, anything else in the NFL storylines that you want to talk about? I don't think so. Not right now. We'll okay. see where uh, where we're at in a couple of weeks. Cool. Well, the rest of this is kind of kind of quick here. Um, basketball. There's a little bit of news. You want to fill us in on the deals that we saw um, amongst a couple of the Celtics there. Mark Smart signed an extension. I think it's fifty fifty split. I don't know. Maybe it's 80-20. Like, people are like, this is great. Others are like, sure. why did we do this? Um, <laughs> Rob Williams signed an extension that can either be yeah. 
extremely valuable or he's going to be perpetually hurt and you're paying someone $13 million to play 20 games a year. But that's a real boomer bust extension, but I think it, it was necessary. Um, sure. Ultimately, what you're looking at from a Celtics perspective is if Bradley Beal comes available and you want to trade for him, you now have a lot of contracts they can put together. Whereas in the past, you had Tatum, Brown, making a lot of money, Smart right in the middle, and then a lot of people making no money underneath that. So you'd have to put a shit ton of people together to get that one salary matching figure. Now, yeah. you can probably get there with two or three contracts versus... That's you know, a good point. I didn't, I didn't even think of that. Um, but that is a good point. Um, and then who else? Richardson? Richardson signed another one-year extension. I think the biggest thing that, from a Celtics perspective, that's not really talked about, especially if they are trying to be competitive, and clearly, like, they're making these moves to be competitive, um, sure. that they, they lost Evan Fournier, but they signed and traded him. They have another $17.2 million of a trade extension. Yeah. So they can basically acquire that amount without trading anyone else. So yeah. that, that just, you know, it's going to be a lot more speculation leading up to the trade deadline six months from now when that's happening. Yeah. Well, basketball will be here before we know it. Um, Quickly approaching here. So take Haven and football starting up here. Let that distract you for a little bit. Basketball will be here in a second, along with hockey. Not much going in the hockey world. I don't really think we need to touch on to that. And then baseball, we're getting down to the end here. And the teams that maybe should be in the playoffs are rising. And the teams that um, not pretenders, but we got some teams that – I feel like there's a lot going on in baseball right now as far as streaks go. There's people who are just setting off on the most insane trajectory you'll ever see, and then there's some going the opposite direction. And I actually have a question. <laughs> Let's see what you think here. But we're seeing the Yankees play freaking unreal, the way that everyone thought they'd be playing. Um, something clicked with them, and they just are on fire. Red Sox – on the other hand, while they have been kind of keeping close ever since they've been passed, they've just been on sort of the decline. Um, Padres very much this way. Same thing, which is kind of bummer because that's a team I think everybody was really excited to see um, come playoff time, especially with the, the rivalry with the Dodgers kind of rekindled here. Um, they are playing the Dodgers. They lost one last night. Um, they got a win. I think they've lost like, 10 out of the last 12 or something like that. Like the Red Sox, man. Yeah. Um, their pitching has been awful. And, of course, they can't fire the players, so they fired their poor old pitching coach. Um, who, like, you know, I get it. You change up the room. You change up the feel. But that's the only sort of scapegoat move in my eyes. Um, then we got the Orioles, dude. 19-game losing streak. And they scored eight runs last night, I think. Uh, it just so happened the Angels scored 13. Um, they suck. They've always sucked. Do you sucked. think it's more motivating? So you're a team. You're going up against the Yankees who are on a, whatever, 12-game win streak or whatever they're on right now. Or you're going up against the Orioles on a 19-game lose streak. Are you more motivated to get the win against the Yankees or the Orioles at this point? I don't even know at this point. Is the pressure I mean, to win more? It has to be more against the Orioles, right? I you don't want to be the team. you got to be right? so downtrodden, though. Um, but, man, the Orioles just seem like they've been in this position for so long. Um, it's got to it's gotta be hard. Sorry, Baltimore. I really don't think about Baltimore. But, yeah, sorry for you guys who are diehards. 
Um, but baseball coming up right on the, the heels of the playoffs. That'll be fun. I know you'll start kind of falling September a little baseball. bit more. Good time. Um, it sure does. Um, all right. I don't – any other sports news? I can't really think of anything else. No, it's um, not really anything pressing. No. Biggest news outside of sports, though. American Horror Story coming back tonight. Wait, the for what? So they had those American Horror Stories. That's not the same thing. The actual, which I didn't like. I, everyone no, was giving it great weird. reviews. I feel like, and I thought they weren't. I saw this top list. I don't know if you watched those. Did you? I watched some of them. But they're like, let's go rank the scariest or least scariest to the scariest. And the one they put number one, I thought was the dumbest one. Yeah, I thought it was the worst written, worst acting. It was the one where. Did you watch them? I watched some of them. Yeah. Okay. There's no. the one where they're in like the, the woods and there's like they're in the forests and there's apparently like barbaric type people who live in that yeah, area. I didn't think that was fun, scary at all. Of course, no. people thought it was chilling. Um, but American's Horse, it's on tonight, huh? Tonight, 10 o'clock. I didn't know that. What's the theme? Couldn't tell you. Okay. Writer, something about Provincetown, Massachusetts. So it'll be interesting. If I, if I had to get. Thing. Like a double if season. Guess, if I had to guess, wait, what? The double season. So it's like part one is like this red tide thing, and then part two is like a one's the sea and one's the desert. I think basically. So I, I don't know. You just have to watch it and figure it out. I have no idea. But it's not like two separate things. It's gonna be like one episode's this, and the next episode's something else. No, I think so. It's gonna be like a six-part first part of the season, and then a six-part. Okay. You know what I mean? They're like they won't like jump back and forth. The only thing I could probably make is a guarantee about American Horror Story, Sarah Paulson will be in it. Didn't see her name, um, though. I know Evan Peters is in it, because he's in every freaking one. I know. Um, yeah. I've, I've, man, what a roller coaster of a series, huh? Yeah. Um, you know, but anyways. Okay, that's good to know. I didn't realize that. Um, Ted Lasso, I thought last week was really funny. was, yeah. I thought that was a great a one. Really well-written episode. Um, kind of throwbacks all the um, what is romantic con communism? Yeah. Communism, romantic. Yeah. Um, yeah, good times on that one. If you haven't got apps to TV Plus and you've been listening to us this far, you got to get it. Mm -hmm. Um, we wouldn't be mentioning the show every week if we didn't think it was really funny. If you're a sports fan, this is a show for you. Um, oh, you know what I did watch? Taylor Kitsch in uh the Defeated on Netflix. Yep. Did you come across that? No, well, it's interesting. Yeah. It's an interesting storyline. It's a little bit of a you know, it's a drama, but um, it's it's immediately post World War II, set in like the Berlin area, and it's like there's the war is over, but it's not technically kind of over now that there's people vying for territory between like Russians and male. And Taylor Kitsch is a New York, um, you know, police officer is sent over to help establish. Uh, precinct in Berlin with people who've never done it before and it's got a little bit of of course he's got a brother and got to take care of that so there's some storylines going on but I thought it was cool I thought it was a, a good little action drama um something to maybe check out um I'm about halfway through reminiscence with uh yeah we watched that it was interesting yeah um about halfway through so I can't really talk much about it yet whether I liked it or not, but uh, that was the recent release on HBO. Um, if you're not like Travis, you could watch uh, Hard Knocks. 
that's yep. on too. So, um, well, cool, man. I think we're good there. Hey, this will be, you know, Travis is off his, on his honeymoon here. He's taking his, his trip here. So we won't be recording until after Labor, Labor Day, Day, which I, I know sounds like it's forever away. I know we, we can hardly have. wait till the next one, you know, episode 60. That's a big one coming up. So we're going to get real. Hopefully Matt Jones is a starting quarterback at that point. We'll get real good and ready. Um, I know we might just record our five minute celebration. If, uh, yeah. if he does get named <laughs> starter week one, which uh, whatever, but uh, after Labor Day, we'll be right back. Um, we'll try to record one of that, those days after that, after that weekend. Um and catch up on all the good news. We'll probably hear some more stuff about basketball going on. We'll hear some more stuff about hockey going on. Um, and we'll have a real good time. Baseball will be starting up uh, pretty much playoffs in the next couple of weeks after that. So, yeah, man, anything else you want to mention before we, we take off here? I am good. All right. Well, you've been listening to episode 59 of Two Bros Talking Sports Podcast. Big 60. Next time we record, we'll talk to you here in a couple weeks. Thank you all uh, so much for listening along. Uh, Have a great rest of your week.